Hey guys, you're listening to Whoa, the Warriors of Action. Daily podcast where I, your host, Selena, and some inspiring guests break down how to hold the throne. Man, when you get let down by your friend and when you break up with your friend, it's the worst feeling ever. It's the worst heartbreak ever. It's worse than breaking up in a relationship, honestly. I remember I had this friend, right? And and we were 15. We knew each other from 15. Okay, we did meet online. We met on like MySpace or something like that. It was like way back when. And we connected because I'm an only child. They're an only child. He was just a few years older than me. He was kind of like in the same kind of upbringing. We were both from council estates, so very low class Londoners. We both kind of had it rough in our neighborhoods. We both lived on the estate. You know, it, you know, we just kind of, he was like the male version of me. I was a female version of him. We got it as well. We got each other. Like we understood each other. And also the best thing about it is we both kind of wanted more for um, ourselves. But at that age, you don't really know what you want. So we were just happy with kind of just spending time with each other. So look, this guy, he was my guy, you know, he, I remember when I ran away, I remember maybe I was like 15, 16, and I kind of ran away from home. And then I dropped him a message or something. We didn't have phones then, right? So I dropped him a message on something somehow, maybe I called his house phone secretly and told him, okay, I'm coming down. I lived in North London, in a Tottenham area of North London. He lived in Northwest London. So he lived in um, like Hilburn, that area. And we met, I went down, it was like eight at night. And I was like, I'm not going back, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he was like, cool, don't worry. I'm going to stay out here on this bench with you. It was just like a bench from his house. And he literally stayed with me that whole night while I was running away from home because he couldn't bring me into his home because his mom would go like crazy. Like, who is this girl? Like, you're not, you know, she'll, she'll jump to conclusions. So he literally just stayed with me. Like, this is the extent that he went. Now, as the years went on, he was always there for me. And as a youngster, I really needed that. I really needed that. Like, I really needed that kind of friend. I didn't have it good growing up. So when I find somebody that's like down, that's there for me, that I can sort of like rely on, actually, it's to to rely on. I really do value that person. And when we're young, we don't think that anybody has an ulterior motive. And I definitely didn't think that he has an ulterior motive. And I don't know, to this day, I still don't know if he did. But let me tell you what happened. So now fast track, we are... we're like 19 or something like that. I'm at least like 19, something like that. And again, like I had no sense of direction. You know, I was kind of studying, not really studying. I was trying to work, but I didn't really find anything that I liked. So I I actually left the UK and I left London and I went to Barcelona and I was loving it in Barcelona. It was an amazing time. And then I said to him, yo, you should come out here. Like there's so much opportunity for Londoners. They hire English people like that. So he came out. He actually got 
like a nice job. He started doing quite well for himself. Now I think he was doing like, he was like, I don't know what he was doing, but he was making decent money. Now what he would do is he would actually help me out at times. So over the months as I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't doing what he was doing. And also I fell into a relationship as well. And him and my partner, they just didn't like each other. Like they really didn't like each other, like almost hated each other. So we never hang out anymore, but yet we would still chat like usual. And there was a point where I kind of, I left, I went to LA and it was my first time. I was like 19, 20. I remember I was 19, 20 because I remember in LA, they didn't allow me to buy any alcohol. And I was like, what's going on? I can buy it in Europe. Like, what is this? I didn't, I didn't understand that it was 21 in the States and it's 18 in Europe, right? So when I was in LA, I hit him up. I wasn't really with my partner. Maybe we were on a break or something. Um, I hit him up and I was like, oh my gosh, man, I'm running low on funds. This guy sent me like 3,000 pounds. It was like back then, maybe that was like 5,000, 6,000 US, right? I'm this young kid in LA, man, I had the best time ever. But he would do things like that for me. There was one birthday I had, maybe it was my 20th birthday. And I was kind of like super like, oh, I don't know what to do for my birthday. Like, I'm not really feeling like I can afford anything. (laughs) I don't know what to do. He literally just flew me out like to Paris then we went to Greece and you know like there was a time when I was feeling low and he flew me to Greece for a month and I could clear my head and shit like this was that kind of guy when I was about 21 22 I started to realize that being clueless and having like this misdirection is really not going to help my life right? The things that I was then exposed to, the slither of exposure that I got gave me a taste of what I wanted in life. And I believe that I can learn and I can get into new industries and I can make something of myself. So I opened my first business when I was, I believe I was 21. It was 2013. So I opened my business when I was 21, 22. And it was, it was, oh, let me say something. I was back with that partner. I think we were just on a break, but I was back with that partner. So I opened that business. And of course, for the first couple of months, it was shit. (laughs) But it became something after six to 12 months. So essentially, it became something relatively quickly. I was running the business with the partner of mine, and they were really good at their role, actually. We were really balanced. I was sort of bringing in the clients and they were just kind of like the face of things. And I was just behind, just doing the work. We scaled, we did relatively well. And then the relationship actually broke off because of the business, because, you know, we weren't fun anymore. We weren't kind of like, you know, we weren't taking these holidays anymore or buying all these things like going partying and shit like that like we weren't doing that anymore as and as two young people why not right so the relationship took a toll because I started to get quite serious and my partner actually ended up doing a disappearing act more of my partner later my partner at the time later because yeah they resurfaced and it was just a ha 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 I was just laughing in their face masterclass moment like years later I was like fuck good thing I kept going (laughs) 
anyway, so when my partner left, I kind of went downhill. I sort of closed the business and everything like that. Like I couldn't take it. It was you know, my partner. I've known this person for about seven years. And just to leave me like that, it really took a toll on me. So I closed the business for that time being. And then I went on a European bike trip. So I just bought a bike in Portugal somewhere. And I just, I just started riding. I bought the cheapest bike I could buy. So it wasn't really equipped for like a, a Euro tour, but that's what I ended up doing. I don't really think that you need the right equipment if you're just planning on doing, I, I did like 60 kilometers a day. It's kind of leisurely. It was nice weather, meeting good people. Really, I met great people along the way. So I was doing that. And then I got to, I think I got to, it was either Italy or Switzerland where I was running low on funds. I was Switzerland. When I got to Switzerland, I was running low on funds. So this is several countries later, several months later as well. And I started to just run low on funds. And then I contacted um, this friend of mine, this bestie I had. And I asked him, I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to revive this business. I feel like I'm ready. I've kind of cleared my head um will you just help me because I'm not in the country I want to revive it in the UK he was like yeah cool so what happened was I did my thing I did my marketing thing and customers started coming through right it's a service-based business so you know we say we're going to provide a service and then we provide the service and they pay up front so they paid before the service began now I just needed somebody there who would administrate the business who would do the meetings and things like that because meanwhile I'm somewhere in Switzerland like with a friend using their computer staying at their house and I'm just trying to muster up enough clients at the beginning to get my ticket and to get back to the UK and set things up properly so he was really there for me in the UK doing his thing now he started to see the money rolling in and the contracts rolling in which was brilliant I mean it was such a great turning point this is a story that I go into in a different podcast but that was such an amazing turning point that I am this lost kind of kid in Switzerland like staying at this person's house that I literally just met as well but they were so nice to me I really appreciated it I got to use their computer I got to kind of like get back on my feet I did my thing with marketing and then lo and behold the customers started rolling in and yeah it was just amazing and that kicked off so he was managing things in the UK for me because that's my boy right now he started to see the money rolling in the one thing we didn't do is we didn't discuss figures right we didn't discuss cuts we didn't discuss like wages or anything like that like I didn't even think about that because I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know a lot of startups they don't pay a wage for two years or something like that like but he saw the money rolling in the contracts rolling in and he was asking for basically he was asking for a cut and I think, I think, I know I didn't come up with the right answer that he wanted. I didn't say yes. I didn't say take this. And he was like, well, I'm doing all the work and da, da, da. Like, this should be my cut. And I was like, what? Because I didn't know where to start with that. Yes, I should have really thought about doing that properly. But from my perspective, I was just happy that things were cooking and in my mind, I was like, no, we're just going to do the grind and we're going to just like get as many contracts as possible. You do that. I do this. And then we'll rise up. But I think in his mind, I was treating him like maybe I was treating him like my ex. Right. 
And, you know, me and my ex broke up because of that very reason. I got way too serious and I got way too kind of deep in the business side of things. Yeah, my ex just didn't like it anymore. So he, I don't know if he felt like that, right? This nasty battle formed between us. And he felt very underappreciated, devalued and all of that. What he did next shocked me. He sent out an email to all of the people that had signed up for the service. And it was like an astonishing, about like 150 people were either either said yes, paid, or were like pending. Like it was a lot of people. It was unbelievable. Guys, you don't get what I'm saying. Like it was unbelievable to go from nothing to like a rack of yeses. And this isn't cheap. It's anywhere between, it's a couple of hundred pounds to thousands. So I was like, wow, this is incredible. He, now you guys probably understand why he asked for a cut. Um, he ended up sending an email to that whole list of leads, telling all of them not to do business with me. He fabricated this mad story, right? This mad, mad story, basically putting people off, da, da, da. And it was just like, I didn't know about it until... I checked in on one of the emails and then like somebody emailed back with the email that he sent. So I would have never known, right? One of the prospective leads emailed back with exactly what he sent and saying, well, what about this? We just received this. So we're not doing business with you anymore. So all of a sudden I went from all of these positive prospective leads, people that have, have already signed, etc., to I think like 10% stayed and what had to happen is I had to fly my ass back to London immediately. I had to clean up my appearance, guys. I was looking like some rough, rough traveler. I was, you know, that that vibe, like I'd been traveling for months and months by bike. Like I was just like that kind of vibe. I had to fly back to London, clean up my appearance and at least try to save these relationships by going into these meetings, going into these places and telling these people, I'm so sorry, we've had a rogue employee and this is the way he reacted. You know, I'm here, you know, blah, 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 blah. Here's our paperwork, here's the... It was just like, how can you fucking do that? It's like, like, you know the situation. You know, this is almost desperate. Like, like I'm at the bottom of the bottom and you've seen me low, but this is low because I'm, I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm in some random country, like, like scraping by and you know that this is the first slither of light and it could be something huge. And this is the time where you choose to sabotage. This guy would not pick up his phone, right? I flew back to the UK. I went to my family's house to stay and this guy would not pick up his phone. I get a text, like I'm ringing, ringing, ringing. I just want to understand, like, forget what you've done. What's done is done. I want to understand why, right? Why after so many years, like not picking up, not picking up. And then I get a text saying, I just feel more comfortable responding by text or whatever. I'm like, what a fucking pussy as well. Then the motherfucker calls my grandmother. And luckily, because that's a family member where I was saying, I'm there, right? Now, she's this old traditional African woman. And at the end of the day, you're not going to call her up and trash talk her granddaughter, especially while I'm there. So when he, when he called up, um, she answered. And then 
she answered, she's like, who's this? And he said his name. She was like, oh. And then she repeated his name out really loud. And, you know, I'm there in the background, like, give me the phone, give me the phone. And she, she's like, <laughs> she's holding me off. She's like, hey, don't, you know, she, cause she already heard the story from me, right, already. So she's telling him in her thick accent, she, she played it, right, in her thick accent, don't be calling up my phone, like, because he wanted to go to her house, and he was like, I have something to tell you about your granddaughter, like, the maddest shit, so it's just a wild situation, she was just like, don't be calling up my phone, how can you tell me about my granddaughter, she, you know, she put it on, told him about himself, and he never called back, fantastic, I was enraged, guys, honestly, I wanted to go down to his house, I wanted to set fire on it, like, I was, like, super, super angry, because when somebody that knows what you've been through, first of all, and knows how much they mean to you as well. And also knows that, knows that you're finally back on track, then decides to sabotage you. What the fuck is that about? What is that about? Now, there's speculations through people that know us mutually, mutual friends, people that knew him, knew me, there's speculations because this happened when I was like 22, let's say, and we've known each other from 15. There are speculations that maybe he was like in love or something like that and he just couldn't take it anymore. And I hate saying this, like I really don't like saying this and I would never say this for something that I believe is true. But there's speculations. But look, this heartbreak, that was a mad heartbreak. It was a huge heartbreak. I haven't spoken to this guy since. Now, we're talking eight years now. <laughs> it's been eight years. I haven't spoken to this guy. Like from me frantically texting, like I just need to see you and just need to talk to you. Like calling like every minute, every minute, just calling, calling, calling. Lots of emails, I get blocked. Calls, I get blocked. Like everything, I get blocked. And he sends me one text saying like, I just don't feel, I feel better like texting it. Like, look, somehow if you're listening, you know who you are. You know who you are. We came up when we were teenagers. You know who you are. I would love for you to just tell me the exact reason why. Like if it was money, fair enough. I totally understand it. If it was something personal, I need to know. I really need to know because this broke my heart. I'm talking about it today. This is eight years later. I've never been heartbroken like that since. I know what I'm like, guys. I know what I'm like. I'm massively in my own world. I'm massively in my own head. And I could say lots of things are to blame for this. I could say, you know, well, as a child, I was this, or I'm an only child, and da, da, da. Like, I have so many excuses for the way I am, but I know that I'm the way I am. So if that's one of the reasons why, if you felt like you weren't being paid attention enough, or like you wanted more appreciation, I just want to know. So this is, this is almost like a public service announcement. I would love for you to just let me know exactly what I did to deserve that because clearly from your point of view I deserved it and yeah just let me know like I'm, I'm not mad anymore I'm not mad at you for destroying my livelihood at that point and I think I don't know if you you knew you could do it because you know I can bounce back right I bounce back guys I bounce back I bounce back to six-figure months like I bounce back but it was a setback when you're just getting back on track, when you're just getting back on track, you're like, you just, you know, like, you just get back on track and then something like, <laughs> something big knocks you down. 
in all the ways, not just knocks you down, but fucks with your emotions as well and just like crushes you. <laughs> That's how it felt. I would just love for you to just somehow, guys, so I look, please, 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 everyone, if you can, especially if you're in the UK, if you can share this, guys, if you can share this and hopefully it gets around and hopefully it gets to his ears and I can finally understand exactly like where I went wrong. It's also a learning curve for me. I'm not mad anymore, honestly. Like maybe it was a good thing because I just needed those knockbacks to bounce back even harder. The friendship meant a lot to me and it's the only major heartbreak that I'd ever had. This is beyond relationships, beyond anything else. All right, guys, that is my heartbreak story. That is the time I got heartbroken. The only heartbreak I can really, really remember anything else. I've been, I mean, I've fallen out of relationships, but, you know, they don't really, I, I ain't got a story to tell. <laughs> but with that, guys, that, that really, that really, really stayed with me for a while. And it's one of those ones that I'm still like, like, oh, but why? But why? All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you've fallen out with a friend and you've just been baffled because you've seen yourself being friends for life. Maybe you can relate. If you can, definitely share this. Share this, share this, share this. Anyway, hopefully it gets through to him, the right person. And hopefully we can have a show where I get a response. <laughs> All right, guys, I hope you have a beautiful day, afternoon evening and don't forget to tune in for the next one.